Well, that was very good. Is this on? Yeah. Um, I was just listening, I was thinking uh, as I was singing the words to that song, that it effectively sums up exactly kind of what I want to I want to bring here tonight, which is just that's just from God, I guess. Um, but it, it's a great honour um, and a privilege to be able to uh, come before you, before you tonight as Pastor does the, um, the starting point classes. Um, I must admit, though, an honour and a privilege is probably not the way that I first thought about it when I was thinking about preparing this message. Um, my experience in ministry has often been if... Someone in ministry asks you to help, the answer is yes, regardless of um, how I might feel about that. So it's, okay, pastor asked, therefore he's saying, you must do because there's a need, so I'm doing it apparently. Um, Which um, God used that um, as kind of the launching point for, for me when thinking about, well, what would God have me to preach? And... Um, to my unwilling surprise, it was to address that in my own life. Um, so, um, yeah, um, he, he's brought that on my attention and I, I prepared this message um, with that in mind. Um, so I can wholeheartedly say that this message is as much for you um, as it is for me. But um, we'll start this message uh, just in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you, Lord, for... Lord, all that you did do at the cross. Lord, for the privilege that it is even now to um, be able to minister, Lord, your word unto these people. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word and the ministering it has done in my own life. Father, I pray now as, um, as the word is brought, Lord, that you would bless it. Lord, that the things of me would fall away, Lord, and it would, um, it would just be all about you. Lord, I do pray that you would uh, bless this time here now in your holy name. Amen. You know, God is not merely as concerned with what you are, what you are capable of, what you have, as he is concerned with your heart. You know, our God is a God of people. He is a God who is concerned with having a relationship, with a a connection with men, with people. It is God with men. And if you ever heard me preach even a couple messages, you'll know that this is... This is the center point where virtually every message I've ever brought always comes back to, is that it's about God, relationship, the hearts of men, and how that means with God. And I think if we, if we take even a, a, a quick look through the gospel, we will find it on a very surface level in every book, on every page, and we will find it if we delve into the, the deepest parts of the scriptures, we will find that this is God's book of informing us about him so that we can build a relationship with him, so that we can get our hearts right with him. Um, This is literally all of the scripture, the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, pointing to him in the Old Testament, his death and him coming back again. You know, but God is in no need of the things or what we have. You know, we, we, we know that God is the source of all things that he gives all the gifts that we have, all the talents we have, all the things that we have. And I preached this exact same um, idea to our Impact Kids just last Friday. We were speaking on um, the idea of giving, looking to God and seeing the need in the form of giving of our treasures. And something I brought up with the children was um, that giving, God does not need your things. 
God owns cattle on a thousand hills. His very city, the streets, are paved with gold. He's not poor. It is God who gives the gifts. It is God who gives the increase. So God is not, God is not particularly interested in the things that you have, the things that you are. His, his whole heart is to grab onto the hearts of, of men and to have a relationship with them. You know, God is, is our source and redeemer. In 1 Corinthians 6, 20, it says, For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your bodies and in your spirits, which are God's. You know, God's, um, as God's possession, as he has bought us with a price, he has called us to glorify him in our bodies. You know, he has called us to, not, to put away our will, to put away what we desire, and to say, Lord, what would you desire of me? To glorify him with our bodies. The word that comes to mind so often in scripture is the word servant. One who would say, not my will, but thine. To give up of our will, of our desires to obey and to follow him. And when I was thinking in the scriptures of where does, um, what would be the, the, the best example of someone who gave up their body in service to Christ? And I was thinking about Mary, the very mother of Jesus, who, um, as a young Jewish lady, who, um, a virgin, um, the, the Lord sent an angel to her to, to inform her that God was going to do this miraculous thing with her, that she was going to be the vessel by which that the Lord Jesus would come, that she would, her body would be used to that end. Uh, the story goes that God sends this angel. The angel brings word uh, to Mary. Um, we might just turn there. If you change, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Turn, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. So this angel appears to Mary. He, she, he brings word that um, God is going to do something miraculous through her, that she is going to be the vessel that God is going to use to bring the saving Saviour of Jesus Christ. Um, when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about in the context of what a, a miraculous change from a will on, on her life, though she is a, would have been a, um, an Old Testament believer, but you're thinking about what's going on in her mind. I have, I have these desires, I have these plans for my life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get married soon, I'm going to settle down somewhere in Nazareth, a little t- uh, country town, just a simple country girl, and then, bam, God steps in, he says, I'm going to use you. Your body is going to be used in service to me. I'm going to use your body to glorify myself. And we see in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, we hear Mary's response to the angel. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. My, my position before you is I am your servant. Whatever your will is, Lord, my body is yours. You are my creator. It's yours to be done. You have asked, I will do. Simple as that. Not my will, but thine. Be it unto me, see in the next part of that verse, in verse, uh, verse, chapter 30, verse 38, um, be it unto me according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. Not just a servant, but a willing servant. 
So we see she, she recognizes her position before God. I am your servant. That is my position before you. But more than that, I am your willing servant. Be it under me. Do your will in me, Lord. Not a, a, a grudging obedience like we might believe, uh, think about Jonah when God sends him to, to preach the word unto the Ninevites. And he, he gives him this decree to go and every step of the way he's kicking against it. But rather we see a servant willing. Lord, not my will, but thine. I want to do your will, not just... It is my position, not just as a a vessel that you have made, not just as your property, but it is my heart's desire to do your will. You know, I shared at the start that I often just say yes when I'm asked to do something in ministry. I do it, I just say yes because I know that my place before a holy and righteous God, my maker and creator, that that is about all I can do. I know that it is... As a servant, as his servant, I know that's what I ought to do, and so I do it. But what I, um, what I often very much forget, and I think that a lot of us Christians, we can very quickly forget, even though that it is the foundation by which that we are saved, it is everything that buys us out of it, is we forget that in fact we are not just servants, but we are actually the sons of the living God. Some, for some reason, we get it into our minds and we get trapped in this mindset of, yeah, I got saved back then and now I'm, I'm going through this, this service, I'm going through all these things that now I must do and we have forgotten our very first love. The very foundation of all that we ought to be is I'm actually a son, a daughter of the living God. I'm not just a servant. You know, this, this ought to be the case, we often say. We, we ought to, to serve God with our bodies. We ought to serve him uh, with our spirits. Um, but so often the case is that often we don't serve him with all our heart. And I, I think back um, in my own life, when I first got saved, um, even as a young boy at about the age of about seven, when God stepped into my life and he gave me a saving knowledge of him. I remember just a great joy that overcame me, an excitement as a seven-year-old going to my mum and being like, you know what, mum, I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to tell everybody about how great a thing this is. And like the excitement of a child, the childlike faith in God, a childlike joy in him, and I, I still remember it to this day. And I wonder, are we, are we remembering it daily? Are we remembering just what God saved us from daily? Are we remembering our first love? Are we remembering it as clearly as when he saved us? You know, I, I got saved and I went from a boy and eventually became a man and I, my, my heart and my mind became so full of all these different knowledges of God. Knowledge about the things that I must do, about the things that I, I must be. And very quickly, it drowned out the heart that I ought to have had. You know, my life got so filled with um, wanting to pursue and have a good job, 
to want to go to university. Um, I don't come from a very uh, wealthy family home, so the, the idea of going to university and getting a, a good job would have been way up there for me. And so my heart's desire became so filled with all of these things that I wanted to do. And all the while, I knew in my heart of hearts that I was actually called to serve him, that it wasn't supposed to be about me. You know, I, I see the need in the church daily for people to, to put their hand up and to say, you know what, I'll, I'll do it, Lord. You know, you've asked for somebody. You've asked for someone to go and help. And I saw that need. I saw, I saw it as my family, my brothers and sisters, as, as they went down the same path that I did, seeking to fill uh, our own desires. I saw, and as I would look out and I would look amongst my peer groups, as I um, graduated from uh, high school here, and I saw the generations that went before me, and I saw those who had departed the faith. Those who I was looking at and I was saying, don't you know? Don't you know that you're called to be a servant of the living God? Don't you know? I saw church people day after day who could have, should have, would have. And all the while I'm saying, don't they know? Don't they know that they must serve him? Don't they know that's their position before him? Don't you know, church? But you know, knowing that in of itself is never going to be enough for someone to put their hand up and say, you know what, I'm going to go and do that and do it with all their heart. You know, when I, when I got to the end of myself, when God finally got, when I finally got right with him, when he, he took me from that and he, he brought me to a place where I would be willing to serve him it wasn't because I knew that there was a need. The need would never be enough for me. The point in which when I finally come to the end of myself and I said, Lord, here am I, it's when I remembered my first love. It's when I remembered what he actually saved me from. It's when I came to this altar on a, a leadership conference and I wept before God because I had wasted what he gave me. You know what? It's easy to look at another and say, they should do. What about you? Have you forgotten what Jesus did for you? We sung it just before. You think about the words that you're singing. What he did for you. Do you remember that you're a son and not a servant? I often have to remind myself in, in serving God and even within this last week, am I thinking of serving him as something I must do or something that I get to do? You know, a heart of service only comes when you remember what Jesus did for you. You know, somewhere along the way, 
somewhere along the way from him saving me, from me having a very clear understanding of that, I had filled my life with all of these things that had distracted me from that, from my first love. And I've got to tell you, when you fall into that place, when you fall into a place when you, you know that you're saved, but you're not living in what that really means, saps the joy out of you like nothing else in this world. There is nothing more miserable than a Christian who is saved but isn't giving their heart to God. The lost don't care. They don't know him. They don't regard him. When you fall into these places, when you fall into... Just sadness, just the sapping of your joy as you try and serve him. I want to remind you that there's only one way to get back from that. I want you to remember what God did for you the day that you got saved. Because for me, that is, that is the driving force. It is the center calling of all that my ministry is and all of our ministries ought to be, is what Jesus did. He loved me first, therefore I love him. You know, perhaps there's some of us who, um, your testimony would be, I, perhaps I don't really serve in the church. Perhaps I don't even, I'm not just serving grudgingly, but perhaps I'm just not even serving at all. Might I be so bold as to say it's because you're waiting for someone else to do the job? You see the need, you know what ought to be done, you know what needs to be done, and you're not doing it because you're waiting for someone else. You know, you are a son. You are a daughter. It is for you to do. In Galatians 4 verse 7, the Bible says this, Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You're not expecting servants to do the jobs of a son. We're not very wise. God's not expecting servants to do his job, to do his ministry. He's expecting sons because they ought to have a love for him, not just a duty. You know, when we get the right view of ourselves and we get a right view of just what Jesus really did for us, when we get a real appreciation for that, not just for the one day that we got saved, but remembering it, to say, Lord, here am I, send me. I think of the, um, the prophet in Isaiah, Lord, here am I, send me. God puts out the call, who will go? Who will go? Lord, I will go. I, I think of Mary, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. You know, serving God can be a great joy. It can be a great blessing, but only if we're living it and only if we're serving him in our heart, remembering all that he's done for us. You know, we must live daily in what Christ did. You know, we, we will never be motivated enough to serve God and to do the things that we know we ought if we're not remembering him the way that he wants to be remembered.